Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning, dear listeners. You're listening to Radio 3CR on 855 AM and Palestine Remembered with Robert Martin, Nasser Mashni and Yusuf Ahmed Rimawi. Palestine Remembered is Australia's only English-language radio program that is totally dedicated to Palestine. We'd like to welcome those listening on 855 and those that will join us on podcast at 3cr.org.au. Thanks for joining us. Stay with us and enjoy the episode. Nasser and Robert, good morning. Morning, Yusuf. Good morning, listeners. So uh, we have a very busy episode today, and uh, everybody's voting today, Nasser. Well, we want to on this occasion. Yeah, well, we know that our three CR listeners know how to vote, and we know there's no chance that anybody listening to three CR would vote Liberal. But uh, <laughs> in, in case they were considering it, I think it's important to read out a couple of tweets. The first, uh, David Southwick, who's a member for the <laughs> Liberal Party guy, Sorry. sent out a tweet uh, on Palestine Day, Flag Day. And his, his tweet says, something is seriously wrong when we have Palestinian flags being flown in Melbourne, hashtag Sprint Street, under, uh, at Oz underscore Jewish News. So he's obviously seeking, you know, um, the uh, ScoMo Wentworth. Uh, That's disgusting, though, votes. that any politician, elected politician, can actually say Plays that. Plays these cards. It is disgusting that he it's has divisive. Well, interestingly, most of his tweets have between two and ten comments. This one had 301, yeah, and over 90% that. of them were... Very supportive of us. So I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they'll do it again. No, also, it says the man who uh, raised the flag of Israel in his uh, area. Yeah, yeah. Um, and another one, uh, Matthew Guy, uh, Liberal leader Matthew, Matthew Guy, commits to starting process of moving Victoria's Israel trade office from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem within his first 100 days. So, so that's, that's another auctioning. Yeah. Now, Robert, you were oh. in the flag raising day. How was the atmosphere? It was wonderful. It was actually really fantastic. The weather was good. The atmosphere was great. To see the flags and everybody dancing and singing, it was it was really good. It was a wonderful day. So. And uh, another BDS victory, Nasser? Well, I think this is perhaps our most, um, well, arguably, I think, one of the best ones to date. And the, the reason is is because this is a, a huge company. Airbnb, as we know, is a, is a multinational business with no actual tangible assets but already has a market capitalization or a value mm. more than the Hilton, more than um, uh, all, every other hotel chain combined. I mean, this is a huge business. Say and that again? Of all of them combined? Well, I might have made that up a little bit, but certainly <laughs> it's the, the biggest. <laughs> okay. um, so we will not hold you accountable hold it, on but that. But it's, it's bigger than the Hilton, yes. bigger than the Hyatt, bigger than um, any of those other things, their market capitalization. And, it, and it's because they actually just take a clip or a, a, a percentage of the letting. They don't actually own any assets, yeah. whereas the Hilton, the Hyatt, et cetera, all of those other hotel chains actually have to invest money in infrastructure, maintaining staff, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas Airbnb uses, uses mum and Connecting dad's homes. supply to demand. Correct. And, and a clip on the, on the way through. And so like, what have they like done? Uber. 
So they've announced that they're going to, um, well, they have, in fact, already done it, um, taken all of the West Bank settlements off Airbnb. So mm. in the past, uh, a Palestinian from the West Bank, illegally occupied by Israel in 1967, there are many places where we can't go, can't go back, can't get into. So um, if I, I endeavoured to Airbnb um, two years ago when I went to Palestine, and um, by virtue of the host's names, I realised there was probably little chance of me being accepted as a guest. Um, and all of the accommodation was, in fact, in, in uh, illegal settlements in the West Bank. Now, firstly, Airbnb, good on you for doing that. Number two, they haven't taken them out of East Jerusalem. Mm. So you can still rent an Airbnb in East Jerusalem. So they haven't gone all the way. And we don't want to give these guys too much credit. I mean, look, the reality is... But we have to acknowledge that this is a step step forward towards the right direction. No listing on stolen land. However, we still hope... It's not perfect yet. Yeah. Um, And and their statement says, We have concluded that we should remove listings in Israeli settlements in the occupied West Bank that are at the core of the dispute between Israelis and Palestinians. Mm. Many in the global community have stated that companies should not do businesses here because they believe companies should not profit on lands where people have been displaced. Fantastic. What's the backlash been from uh, you know, oh, no, the huge. people? It's been crazy. And one of the things, you know, the, obviously the first thing is, you know, they're anti-Semites. Cool. I mean, and why have you picked on Israel? Well, I mean, the reality but is... It's the Airbnb, land. Well, no, but also, you know, what about North Korea? You know, when you're a BDSer, why aren't you doing something about North Korea? You know, this is one of the... the but there is, there is international agreement on North Korea, not on North, uh, not, not on Israel. Oh, so. But, I mean, the, the, you know, the things that have been thrown at me, Yusuf, mm. I'm sure, at yourself, is why don't you care about the 500,000 Syrians that have been killed? Why don't you care about Myanmar? Why don't you care about the Rohingya? And you go, well, yeah, I do, and I care about all those things, but the reality is Palestinian civil society has asked us to boycott, divest, and sanction Israel. Mm. So I'm doing what they want me to do to help them. And Further. when the Rohingya refugees ask us to do something for them, we will be there for them. Of course. And not we are already there for them and we'll do whatever we can for them now, mm. but more so when they um, organize and, uh, uh, and, and call for action. But we should also say, I mean, Airbnb doesn't have listings in Syria or Iran. They're removing their listings in Western Sahara because of Morocco's Morocco. occupation. Yeah. So it's not anti-Semitic. It's actually just. The thing that Israel doesn't like is that it's been outed. And one of the best things about this, I mean, look, from my point of view, um, is, you know, the, the standard Zionist response is Israel's economy is going great. Well, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about the diamond industry. We know that Natalie Portman, you know, one of the Zionist poster child, she went and boycotted uh, an event. Although she allegedly doesn't believe in the boycott divestment sanction movement, Lord not going. Um, when they say BDS is doing nothing, well, maybe they should speak to uh, yeah. some, some of the people in Israel. <clears throat> Definitely a very painful uh, move uh, to Israel. Uh, and we, um, we welcome uh, this move. Yes, absolutely. Robert, you were saying? Sorry. We should just, just also, when I was talking about um, how much thanks we give um, to Airbnb, Human Rights Watch was about to release a report they knew the report was coming, and it was due a day or two after the announcement. It's actually been re- uh, released now. But the hu- Human Rights re- uh, Watch report, 65 pages, is titled Bed and Breakfast on Stolen Land, Tourist Rental Listings in West Bank Settlements. Mm-hmm. So they knew it was coming. Mm. So to preempt it, and to their credit, I mean, um, um, Code Pink in the United States, Ariel Goldrob, I know you know, know her, met with her, that a lot of work's been done by 
progressive Jewish people, yeah, not course, just you know who have heeded the call uh, of the of the Palestinian people for a boycott, divestment, and sanction campaign. Airbnb for Israel. It's exciting news. It's you know, it's uh, people should continue to boycott and get that word out. So, well, I mean, the, one of the best things is you know the 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 minister for tourism in Israel said you know. Um, we want people who are affected in in you know in Judea and Samaria to immediately launch uh, action because there's 25 states in the United States that have got anti BDS legislation and we know mm. we've won two court cases in states where they've got uh, BDS legislation and we've had them overturned because it's unconstitutional so we'd Fantastic. welcome yeah, yeah. 25 more cases and 25 more opportunities to have them thrown out of. Uh, thrown out. Excellent. Another uh, BDS victory and uh, hopefully uh, more to come. Um, Yusuf, why don't you tell us about our Darwish event? Uh, Darwish. Darwish is our uh, national poet. Uh, Mahmoud Darwish uh, was born in 41, passed away in 2008. We in Melbourne celebrated his legacy, his work, his life, and how he shaped our uh, intellectual identity, among others, uh, in the modern history. Uh, that was um, last uh, Tuesday. Uh, with the help of uh, you, Nasser, and Robert, and many other friends. And um, so an event organized by Averroes Center of uh, Arab Culture. Uh, good turn-up came, around uh, 80 to 90 people. Um, uh, the MC, uh, Dr. Colin McNaughton, who teaches uh, literature at uh, the University of Melbourne, uh, we have Maher Mughrabi, uh, our uh, voice, uh, and also I shouldn't uh, say our voice because he's a great Australian uh, journalist at the age, uh, gave a beautiful speech. Um, and we were lucky to have um, uh, members of the Arab community from non-Palestinian uh, background from Lebanon, like Farah Baini and her mother, Wafa Baini, and uh, also Rania Ahmed from Egypt, uh, reading uh, poetry in Arabic language. And also we had the Lebanese musician, uh, Abdel Qadir al-Masri, playing uh, oud, beautiful uh, music uh, as background. From somebody, Yusuf, that, uh, and I know you can't take too much credit here, but you did a lot of work and it was fantastic. From a layperson here that didn't know a lot about Darwish, I thought it was a fabulous event. It's made me want to actually get some books where it's translated. I thought it was very, very strong. If somebody doesn't know about the Palestinian conflict and you read these poems, it is very, very moving. The fact that you actually had them read in Arabic but we could read the English was superb and with the Ud. Mate, kudos to you. It was congratulations. It was a really wonderful event and, you know, I can't wait for the next one. And I know that you filmed it. So hopefully we'll be able to get snippets out there so yes. people can actually listen. Also, I want to uh, thank uh, Mr. Ahmed Dari, the Palestinian calligrapher in Paris, who contributed uh, sending us a short video. The video was fantastic. We've got to actually put that online somewhere. So, so. thank you, guys. Um, another uh, On another note, uh, let's move uh, to Thailand. Well, yeah, sadly, in Thailand there's a crisis Thailand. there for the Palestinian refugees. So we're talking… We're talking about uh, around 100 uh, families who fled the war in Syria or Iraq, uh, and they started arriving to Thailand uh, as of 2011. Uh, as you would know, when there is conflict, it affects everybody in the in in, mm. in 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 the country. And the war in Iraq and the war in Syria is very bone-crushing type of. Uh, of war, uh, but it affects the minorities to greater ext- uh, extent, and particularly the Palestinians of Iraq and the Palestinians of Syria. 
especially when it comes to the treatment of the neighboring country. So some of these refugees fled Syria slash Iraq to other countries. They didn't uh, get the acknowledgement of their refugee status. They sought another solution, and that was uh, maybe Thailand, because that's one of the few countries in the world that accepts us, of course, as a visitor, not as a refugee, because Thailand is not a signatory on the Geneva Convention of Refugees. And unfortunately, when they exceeded their visas, they entered in what could be viewed as an illegal status when, uh, when it comes to the Thai regulations. But nevertheless, Thailand was very generous, I would say, with the treatment of these people. For four or five years, Thailand did not target the uh, refugees who overstayed uh, their visa. Speaking about the third world country compared to our country, for five years they let them go. They didn't target them. But, of course, it comes to a point where, especially when you are bombarded with refugees from Asian countries, and we're talking about half a million refugees who overstayed their visa in Thailand. So there were a new wave of uh, tightened regulations against refugees. And unfortunately, unfortunately, the Palestinians fell again in the cracks of laws. So and what happens were, with these they were targeted. They were, they were between two options, deportation or detention. And unfortunately, some of them were sent to jail, and the prisons inside the Thai, uh, Thai prisons are really, really beyond description. Mm. We will Some of the worst in the world. Details. Well, many Australians remember the movie The Bangkok Hilton. They know uh, mm. from, from experience. So the situation today is, the, is as follows. 100 Palestinian families, or even more, are very vulnerable in a situation that they have their doors knocked on at night, they have police raids, they take everybody, they put them in, in big prisons, and they might face um, uh, deportation uh, back to the dangerous areas, that's Iraq or Syria. It's horrible. Um, so we should, I mean, the, the pain for Palestine continues. Yusuf, we've got the demolitions of... Uh, the Shufat ref- refugee camp. Yes, so that's in the north of Jerusalem. Shufat is uh, a suburb of uh, Jerusalem. My auntie uh, used to live there before Naksa. And after 67, uh, uh, UNRWA built a refugee camp mm. for the dis- internally displaced Palestinians. Uh, and that refugee camp, Mukhayyam Shufat, what we know, uh, as any other refugee camp in the West Bank. You've seen, Robert, uh, some of the refugee camps, like Aida, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will continue on Shafat, but I want you to just speak to us a little bit about the uh, Aida refugee camp, what you could remember on that. Well, the, well, because it's very areas, similar to it. Absolutely, very small areas full of children, full of families trying to live, uh, houses going up because there's no land, and these people are mistreated. I mean, the ones I saw, Aida refugee camp, they're raided continually. Mm. I mean, they're basically like a battleground, and these poor people are just wanting to leave or go home. Uh, you know, wherever it's a horrible place. So what happened to the Shafat camp is uh, on Wednesday, uh, Israeli bulldozers uh, joined by hundreds of soldiers and uh, security Police uh, and, uh, and, and uh, raided the camp and started the demolition of 13 shops, 13 shops on the main street of Shafat camp near the checkpoint that is, you know, leading you to towards the camp. On one day, they demolished 13 shops, uh, and the excuse was that these shops don't have license. They were built after 2007, after the wall made it to Shafat, and of course Israel does not recognize any construction built 
not in line with their plans of the Greater Jerusalem Municipality. So some of these shops uh, were built after 2007. The Israelis say they do not have uh, licenses, and they demolished on one day 13 shops, and on another day they another demolished five, yeah. another five. And there is also news. Now we're pre-recording the show on Thursday. There are news that they will continue the demolition to include 16 shops. So we're talking about more than 30 shops. People's livelihoods. People's livelihood. I was going to say that, uh, Robert. Thank you. This is the only source of income to to more than 30 families. Mm. And three petrol stations. And, uh, I mean, the the employees, not uh, Hmm. not just the families. But then from there to North Syria. Yes, sir. North Syria. Um, uh, Let's go... um, Back to our discussion, Nasser, uh, if you remember, two months ago, we spoke about the ex-Yarmouk Palestinians who were forcibly removed from southern part of Damascus to the northern to the northern part of Syria. That was after the total destruction and total demolition of the camp near the end of May this year. So for the sixth uh, month, we're talking about 1,500 Palestinian families who have been living in uh, makeshift desert camps, particularly in Derbalut village near Aleppo and Azaz village also near Aleppo. Um, Unfortunately, because of the harsh weather, because of the cold, uh, we lost uh, one refugee who died because uh, of winter, basically, because of cold uh, last week. And he's a 55-year-old uh, uh, mechanic uh, who used to have a mechanic shop in Yarmouk. Uh, he's, he witnessed the seven chapters uh, of the, yeah. the, the the seven black chapters of Yarmouk from targeting to siege to hunger to ISIS to destruction mm-hmm. and to what followed that. And the last episode of his life was uh, six months in Derbalut. And um, we're talking about another humanitarian crisis that is affecting the lives of more than 1,500 families. And uh, the the aid, the level of aid they receive from international community is nearly zero. It's unimaginable, unimaginable. So uh, we will continue. Uh, um, we will continue, uh, maybe in future episodes, uh, talking about uh, the uh, crisis of the ex-Syria refugees in both Thailand or in northern part of Syria. But now we will move on to maybe a bit of a good news from Chile. Uh, well, I think before we get to the good news, we should talk about the the steadfastness of the Palestinians. In fact, the Palestinians within Jerusalem who celebrated Mawlid. Mm-hmm. Yusuf. So Mawlid for our listeners is the anniversary of the birth of the Prophet Muhammad in a very special um, day for, for Muslims. Yes, Mawlid is uh, the Arabic word of uh, birthday. Uh, we have Mawlid and Milad. Uh, but when you say Mawlid, when you say the birthday, everybody knows that you're talking about the birthday of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Now, while it sounds religious, it is religious and cultural and also political when it comes to the people of uh, Jerusalem. Because on the 13th of the 3rd of the Hijri calendar, that's the lunar calendar, Prophet Muhammad was born. And this is a day of joy for all Muslims. <coughs> I, uh, I remember uh, sweets being uh, made by everybody and shared by everybody. Uh, and also I remember the Sufi songs. Uh, and just like 
a time of festivity, a time of love to the to the esteemed prophet of Muslims, and a time of joy, not only to the Muslims of the Arab countries, but also to the Christians who mm. join us in the celebration. So... Um, uh, on uh, Wednesday as well, uh, the people of uh, Jerusalem celebrated uh, the Mawlid uh, 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 across all the streets of the eastern part of Jerusalem, and they were joined by their Christian brothers and sisters, despite uh, or to the dislike of the mayor of uh, Jerusalem. Oh, no, he who, would not have been impressed. He would not. Uh, no. Yeah, he was not impressed at all. No. But they went ahead and the city celebrated another year of uh, the Mawlid and Nabawi. Perfect. And we should talk also, um, now that we're here, uh, some, a little bit of good news. Our um, uh, Club Deportivo Palestino in Chile. In Chile. Uh, Robert, are you, into, gone, are you into sports, <laughs> Robert? Yeah, I like sport. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what particular about, sport? How about soccer, oh, football? Soccer. It's the, uh, the world's greatest game, isn't it? It's the <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to test your knowledge International about football. It. It's fantastic. So the Palestinian uh, community of uh, Santiago, the capital of Chile, because it was an, a well-established community, so they have their... Um, uh, football club uh, that they named after Palestine. They called it Palestino. That's and uh, they won cool. the league. They won the Chilean uh, league uh, recently. The Chilean Primero División. Ah. <laughs> That's beautiful. I am impressed, Nasser. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of Palestinians in Chile. Mm. I mean, there's I, Yasser Arafat. Park. I remember. Yeah. I remember also Yasser Arafat used to say to the international journalists, Palestinians from Chile to China, and so in 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 a symbolic, uh, uh, let's say, representation of the Palestinian diaspora. So congratulations to uh, Palestino well Football Club, yeah. and I have to say that I am uh, uh, lucky to uh, interview uh, one of the players for my Arabic uh, program uh, on Monday. Beautiful. Hopefully, so I yeah. want to thank uh, Mr. Yahya Nafer the Palestinian journalist uh, in uh, BN Sports uh, in Doha yeah. for arranging uh, this interview with uh, Ricardo. And if there's time, I'll translate it for this show next time. <laughs> yes, because you have the Spanish and Arabic of and course. English. And a bit of Chinese. But so. we're also, um, while we're in, in the soccer theme, the, um, the Asia Cup starts in January. And Palestine is again represented, is represented there, and we're in Group B with Australia. So we're playing. Are we? Yes. Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Seventh of January, Australia versus Palestine. Uh, so that's going to be in, in in Emirates, maybe. In the Emirates, that's right. Mm. Um, so on the seventh of January, tune in. Hopefully, um, we won't lose by too much. <laughs> maybe uh, we could win <laughs> if our goalie stopped smoking. And our, 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 our strikers <laughs> stopped eating lot, pizza. Nasser, I remember. I remember the day. We uh, we went to the uh, I think the Amy Park. Uh, Amy Park, that's right. It yeah. was good. D- just remember when we share. scored a goal? <laughs> yeah, we lost five one. Yeah, but we scored a goal. But it was we, our first goal. But that one was even. <laughs> oh, it was an amazing day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I remember. Uh, you know, I I think I threw one of my kids in here. I'm not sure <laughs> it was landed yet. <laughs> I mean, like it was um, we had a lot of fun. I mean, look and and for that's good. What 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 um. What people don't understand, I mean, you know, is that when we are denied our right for nationhood and everywhere we go, I mean, um, so th- those comments on Southwick's tweet, they were mm-hmm. overwhelmingly 90% in, in favour of us in that, you know, what's wrong with you, mate? You, were, you know, you've raised the Israeli flag in, 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 in Caulfield yourself personally. You, what are you saying? You're a member of parliament. Why are you, why are you trying to out a community within our uh, By saying something is country? very wrong. Um, 
so when 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 that is what you've grown up with your whole life, you know, to the start of a soccer game, national anthem, raising the flag, um, teammates, you know, wearing the national colours, running onto the onto the ground. Um, you look around the stadium and it was full. Yeah, it must have been mm. must have been ten thousand of us, six mm. to ten thousand of us. Palestinian flags everywhere. I think the Jordanians were trying not to win too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I remember off. speaking to the Jordanian goalkeeper. Who happens to be a Palestinian Jordanian? Let some through. Come on. Come on, <laughs> come on man. Jump the other way. And he was like, oh, make sure that the coach doesn't hear you. <laughs> he wouldn't want to go home if he let something through. No, but that was a, that was a night to remember. And also, um, one thing uh, we should remember is that the Palestinian uh, national anthem was played a few days after Australia voting against yeah. Palestine at the United Nations, against the Palestinian statehood. Mm-hmm. And therefore... We came to Australia and we raised the flag and we raised the national defiantly. Yeah. We played the national anthem to the dislike of the politicians of this country. So hopefully, you know, we're we're, we're in Group B. We're playing with uh, Australia, Syria, and Jordan. Australia again, Syria, Jordan? Jordan. Yeah, yeah. They put us in the same. Uh, mm. Well, our flags are so similar. You'd think that they would just uh, yes put you in different, put us one. different ones. Yeah. <laughs> so the Jordanian flag has just the white star in the red uh, triangle. Just finishing off on a sport thing, the uh, Run for Palestine was on last yeah, week, yeah. which was How, fantastic, well, successful, was another, another well, great guy. Well, we had over almost 500 people, I think, and uh, but we raised an, over $30,000 for Olive Kids, the Australian wow. Foundation for Palestinian Beautiful. Children. And also we have one who did the walk. Yeah. <laughs> Not just... Uh, well, following that, you know, Yusuf, we, we, we're going to get John Salisbury, who at the moment is would be... Um, Halfway to Adelaide? Well, no, he's not. He's only four days in, yeah. Um, but we're going to call him uh, next week, I think. We've arranged to, to speak to John. He's walking from, uh, as we uh, said last week, from Melbourne to Adelaide in time for the uh, Labor Party conference, <coughs> asking the Labor Party to do the right thing and immediately recognise the state of Palestine when they're next in government. Um, so good on you, John. And I was we'll very delighted to see uh, the news on mainstream Arab, mainstream Arab uh, media uh, of John walking, doing the work yeah. on Al Arabi Television, which is London-based, broadcasting wow. to the Arab world, and also on Al Jazeera. So, so, uh, so myself, he made international news. So me, <laughs> Shane, and Mark joined John on the first leg of the walk from Mel from where the run is, you know, at um, the Botanical Gardens. These aren't young gentlemen either, just to put well, it I'm out young. There. The other three, they're all pretty old, but I'm pretty young. We walked from, um, arguably, Flinders Street to Caroline Springs, almost 30 kilometres in blazing sun. and uh, that's It two, was 30 degrees. It was 30 plus 29 kilometres and 900 metres more than I can do. <laughs> i got to tell you, it was a tough day. But it was hot. It was it one was of the hottest days we had in a long time. So full credit to John, and we love you. Uh, we uh, are going to speak to him, yeah? Absolutely. We'll speak to him next week. So we promise our listeners to speak to our champion, uh, hopefully next week. Uh, it reminds me of the other guy that we interviewed that was walking from... <laughs> Benjamin. And we thought he was Sweden, Sweden, yeah. Yeah, Sweden to yeah. Palestine. And the moment we opened the mic with him, there was a, the, the sound of a big uh, truck. <laughs> we <laughs> thought he'd been run over. <laughs> we asked if he's still there. So, John, keep walking. Stay safe. Stay on the other side of the line. And we value and we really uh, think that this type of solidarity is really warming our souls and hearts. So, Nasser, do we have um, anything else before well, we wrap Well, we've up? still got a couple of tickets left for the uh, Jerusalem Peace Prize. So, that's on Thursday. Jerusalem Al-Quds. Uh, absolutely. My apologies. Jerusalem Al-Quds Peace Prize. So, we're looking forward to that on Thursday night, the 29th. Just say, tell us who was going to speak again. You were going through so, the list. It's fantastic. So, um, yeah, we've got uh, Brian Dora as our MC. 
um, and uh, the Honourable Bob Carr will be presenting the award to uh, Professor Emeritus Stuart Rees. So we're looking forward to a uh, really phenomenal night. Uh, we've only got a few tickets left, so please jump on our website, jerusalempeaceprize.com.au. And also that will be on the 29th of November, the yes. International Day of Solidarity with the Palestinian people. I think um, uh, that's We'll give it. a full wrap-up next Saturday. Yes, uh, so another uh, good episode, uh, gentlemen. Action-packed, very speedy. Yes. One of the you know fast-paced ones. Well, we're playing soccer, mate. We're going to <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you, Robert. Thank you, Nasser. Well, and, thank and, you, Yusuf. And until we meet uh, next uh, Saturday, this, this is the three of us wishing you the best of well, time. We should, we, should introduce, we should say Yusuf Ahmed. Of course, of course. Nasser Ahmed. <laughs> I was, Robert Ahmed. I was, I was nearly offended when they didn't say Yusuf Ahmed Rimao on the Darwish night. <laughs> well, well, Nasser's mother was very upset. Oh, and I, she I, came over to you and said, what? what, what about I know, that? I know, of course. But I, I forgave them afterwards. Yeah. Okay, so uh, next uh, Saturday, same time, 9.30 in the morning. Uh, salam.